many of you all have some people who are close to you who are just not that lovable? They're just not that lovable. You have to stress and strain and struggle and do your best trying to love them. They're just not that lovable. to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. What's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? What's love got to do, got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? You must understand that the touch of your hand makes my pulse react that it's the only thrill of boy meeting girl opposites attract. It's physical, only logical. You must try to ignore that it means more than that. And the title of today's message comes from the lyrics of that popular song that even though I know most of you have never heard it, but you've heard some folk who, you, you, you've heard some folk who don't go to church. You, you've heard some people who are not members of the Ark of Salvation. You, you've heard some people who don't listen to airjesus.com. You've heard some of them perhaps sing the tune, and that's how you know the song that Tina Turner made very popular and famous. What's love got to do with it? And that's a real good question. First John chapter 4 and the 8th verse says that he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In that same chapter, the 16th verse, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. God is love. The Bible says that. We know that. We believe that. And yet, there are so many questions in the world if God is love. If God is love and if God controls and rules and super rules everything, and, and if God is love, then, then why is there so much mess in the world? Why is there so much cruelty? Why is there so much pain? Why is there so much hate and, and strife and war? If God is love, why is there so much in the world that seems to be the very antithesis of love. Why is there so much of this stuff that's obviously not love? What's love got to do with it? And we think that this is a modern thing, that there is so much in the world that seems to be the direct opposite of love. Yet in Genesis chapter 6, beginning at the fifth verse, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. All this evil in the world is not new. 
is nothing but a repeat, nothing but a a rerun. It's not new. God is love, but yet God gave man free choice and free will. He didn't tell you what to imagine. Yet God says when he, he looked into his heart and he looked into the imaginings of man, it was only evil continually. Aren't you all, there was a screen back of me, aren't you all glad that even sitting in church there's not an electronic apparatus that could attach to your head that would show the congregation what's running through your mind right now? Aren't you glad that that screen does not show the inner imaginations of your heart of of what some of you, and I'm not talking about what some of you are thinking as you leave church. I'm not talking about what you thought in the club last night. I'm talking about what you're thinking right now. There are some of you that have some stuff running through your minds right now. That's not fit to go on the screen in church. Some of you are not thinking about what the preacher said. There are some of you that are thinking about some other stuff. And I don't, you understand, we have stuff going on in our minds just as they did in the old days. But yet God is love. God is love, and God wants us to love him. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. So you all thought that Jesus first said that in the New Testament. No, that's from Deuteronomy. That's from way back. Jesus only repeated over again, What God had said back in the Old Testament, that God wants us to love him with everything that we have. Now, now see, that's a deep verse when you look at it. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Ladies, can you imagine what it would be like to have a man? Who loved you with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might. Sometimes we're lucky just to get a man to love us just as much as he loves his car. <laughs> now, now, you know, that, that's, we're, we're lucky just to get a man who loves us just as much as, as he loves his car. But can you imagine The kind of love it would be like for a man to love you with everything, every fiber of his being, with everything. I heard a lady that said, Woo, you just, it just even, it just sends a hot flash just even thinking about it. For a man to love you with that kind of force and with that kind of power and mean it. I'm not talking about the kind of love where the man wrote the woman a letter. You said, baby, I love you so much that I would climb the highest mountain. I would swim the deepest sea for you. I would walk the driest desert for you. And I'm going to see you tonight if it don't rain. So, so 
I'm not talking about the kind of love that's just lip service, but the kind where the man really means it. God wants us to truly love him. And yet Jesus says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't love God and money. And that's a, I preached a whole sermon on that called the roughest verse in the Bible. When you analyze that verse, it is absolutely, in my opinion, the toughest and the roughest verse in the Bible. It says either you will love God and hate money or you will love money and hate God. I, I, that's that, when you really look at it, that's a heavy duty, deep verse. But, but what's love got to do with it? God wants us to love others. In Leviticus 19.18, the Bible says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. You all thought Jesus first said that in the New Testament. Nope. That came from the Old Testament. That's what God said way back then. Love him with everything you've got. And love thy neighbor as thyself. Can you imagine what type of world it would be if you love your neighbor as yourself? And that's not an easy thing to do for many, many reasons. Because some of us have neighbors who are just not considerate. Some of us have people who, in our opinion, are not lovable. See, it's easy to love folk who are lovable, but it's not so easy. How many of you all have some people who are close to you who are just not that lovable? They're just not that lovable. You have to stress and strain and struggle and do your best trying to love them. They're just not that lovable. They just do some things that get on your nerves and, and under your skin. They're just not that lovable. But what's love got to do with it? You see, perhaps we think in, uh, in, in the natural, in the carnal sense, that the purest form of love is a mother's love. That's partly true, but not completely. A mother's love is not the purest form of love because it's a self-centered love. Because mama loves her children. These are my babies. That's really a self-centered love, and that's biological. A dog does that. A chicken does that. Well, what do you got to do to a chicken? See, I, I know a chicken does that because I have experience with it. I was at my grandmother's house as a little boy in the country, and I was back on the farm over in the barbed wire fence, and there were some chicks running around. And I've always liked nature, and I've always liked animals, and I went up and picked up one of those chicks. Well, Mama Hen was nearby. And all of a sudden, here comes this big red hen flapping and gawking and flew up and jumped on me. And I had to let that chick go and run and got scratched up with the barbed wire fence trying to get back over the fence because of that chicken. You see, even a chicken has an undying love for her own. So even though a mother's love, it's one of the purest forms of love that we know, it's still a, it's a self-centered love because oftentimes it doesn't extend beyond us. 
And what true love and what the God type of love tries to take us to, it tries to take us to a level of where we're not so self-centered, but that we can love and extend our love beyond just what is ours. I, I realize this even clearer. I was at one of my son Josie's basketball games, and I was sitting there in the bleachers, and if you all think the Super Bowl has some excitement, you haven't seen anything until you have a child playing sports. Those parents are more involved and more rooting and tooting and hoorayin' and, and to get more excited and more emotional about that child in a basketball or a football or a baseball or a soccer game than people do with the Super Bowl. So I was sitting there on the bleachers watching my child run up and down the court playing basketball and there was a lady sitting next to me, and I noticed that every time the other team got the ball, this lady would hop up and go into just a fit hollering and raving and cheering. And then I realized that she had a child on the other team. And I noticed there was one particular boy that when he got the ball, she just went crazy. And I asked her, I said, is that your son? And she said, yeah, that's my boy. And then I realized that though I was rooting for and I wanted my son to win, I wanted my son's team to win, I realized looking at it from a Christ perspective that this mama got a boy on the other team. And for my son to win, her son must lose. And I begin to then have a look and a view with the Christ eye. And that day, my son's team, and they'd only lost one other game, lost. And I was happy for the other mother. Love goes beyond just you and your stuff. Love covers a multitude of sins. Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. If you really love someone, you're able to tolerate a whole lot because love just smooths over and, and it just covers up some stuff. You know, if you really don't love somebody, you start seeing all kind of flaws with them. If it's someone that you really don't want to be with, everything they do irks you. Even the smallest thing irks you. You, you, don't, you don't even like the way they open the door. I, I mean, it's just, I, I, I have seen some stuff. And when I have been dealing with some couples and, and I have seen some nitpicky with just some small stuff, and I knew right then, I said, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it because they're just dealing with just stuff that's so small. Pastor, you don't understand. I don't like the way he opened the door for me. See, a man is supposed to open the door with his right hand and let me in. He opened the door with his left hand. I'm saying to myself, what kind of... I'm saying to myself, they ain't going to make it. They ain't going to make it. And, and, and I've I, 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 I just seen some, and the stuff is so small, and, and it's real. Y'all may think I'm telling a joke, but it's real. 
and the stuff is so small, I said, they're not going to make it. There's no love. And without love, the smallest things, if you got love, we, we watched a movie over my house. Uh, a lot of the art men were here, and it was called the, I think, the seat holder. And, and it had to do with one of the fellows was in love with this woman, and he was talking about how he just loved to rub her back. And he said, when I'm rubbing my wife's back, yeah, she got all these big old bumps on her back. And it feel like rubbing on sandpaper, like rubbing on a mud. She got all these knots and bumps. But I just love to rub my... And you could tell this man really loved this woman. Even though he had to rub all these bumps all over her back, he loved her. And the love made the smooth, the skin smooth. Love covered a multitude of bumps. Proverbs fifteen seventeen says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Basically what it says, it's better just to have a few vegetables than to have all of the sumptuous and, and, the, and the gourmet food in the world in the middle of hatred. What's love got to do with it? God chastises those whom he loves. Proverbs 13, 11, and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Love will cause a parent to correct a child. Because God loves you, he has to correct you. The problem is that a child rarely understands the correction of the parent. All we know is that we're getting lashed. That we're being restricted from something we really want to do. And we don't understand as a child, as children of God, what love has to do with it. Let me tell you a story. I have a new car, smallest car in America, little bitty smart car. Got real high back bucket seats in it. And I went to the auto store to get me some seat covers for it. I bought a pair of seat covers. My oldest son was with me and we went home to put them on. Put the seat cover on, it wouldn't fit. The seat was too high. So I packed up the one that I had opened and to put it back and go and take it back to the auto store. Didn't get back to the auto store for a couple of days. I walked in the auto store with the seat covers in a bag. And as I walked in the store, they could tell that I was bringing it back because I had a bag with the auto store's name on the bag. And the fellow from the counter hollered, our computer is down. We can't take any returns. You have to take it to another store. So I said, well, the computer's down. I went back. I put the bag back in my car, drove around with it for a couple more days. I came back to that same store. I walked in the store, seat covers in the bag, went up to the counter, and the man says, we can't give any refunds today. We had to refund a motor for $1,800 and we don't have any cash. And I said to myself, that doesn't sound right. 
But that's what the man said. So he said, you have to take it to another store. So I went back, put the seat covers in my car, drove around another couple of days, went by another store, that same chain, got the seat covers out, took them inside. Actually, the man recognized me in the store. I said, Pastor Bronner, how are you doing? I'm fine. I said, I have these seat covers I need to return. And he went around to the, uh, he said, wait, wait just a minute. And he went around to where the seat covers were. He came back. He said, we don't carry that model and we can't take it back if we don't carry it. Put your seat covers back in my car. A couple of more days, went back to the store where I bought them. Walked up to the counter, put the seat covers on. And the man told me, we can't take these seat covers back. I said, what do you mean we can't take, you can't take them back? He said, the manager told us don't take these seat covers back. I said, what? He said, the manager says they've been open and not in the original packaging. I said, what do you mean that's the original packaging? One of them hadn't even been open. You haven't even looked at them. What do you mean? He said, that's what the manager says. You have to come back and see the manager. I said, man, I'm coming back to this store if I have to come back a hundred times to return these seat covers. Now, the seat covers cost $30 a piece, so the seat covers were $60. Went home, knew something was funny about those seat covers. So I had to pray about this thing. I began to recognize when stuff is being orchestrated and it's outside of norm. So I said, Lord, what about these seat covers? He says, the manager has a medical issue on the left side, and I want you to pray for him. And there I was sitting up praying, and that came to me. And I said to myself, I am going to do like the Bible says. It's obvious they don't want to give me my money back for the seat covers. And I thought maybe it had to do something with their accounting. To take something back and reduce their profit, may have reduced their bonus. I went, took three $20 bills, put it inside of the seat cover box, and took it back to the store when the manager was there. Manager came over. I put those seat covers on the counter. I said, I've been having a difficulty getting my refund on these seat covers. I am giving you all these seat covers back. I said, you can keep the money. And I put an extra $60 in for you to buy all your employees lunch and divide it among them. He said, we can't take this money. And he said, I'll give you your money back. I said, but the man I came in the other day said, you, he said, I didn't say that. I don't know where that man got that from. And then I... Ask him, I said, look, this is a not this has nothing to do with the seat covers. I said, this has something to do with something spiritual. I said, are you having a medical issue on your left side? He said, no, I'm not. He said, but my father is. He said, I have been wrestling with this thing and this thing has been having me in turmoil for the longest. And he went to tell me the issues that his daddy was having on the left side. And I heard God speak to me. I want you to pray for his father for seven straight days. And I told the manager, I said, give it seven days and watch it change. Got my money, left out. And then I was driving. I said, Lord, why did you ever take me through all of that? Why didn't you just tell me that the manager had an issue with his daddy on the left side and just to pray for them? Why didn't you just do that? Why didn't you just tell me to just tell the manager I was going to pray for? Why didn't you just do that? And this is what God brought back to my memory. He said, you remember when that man was smoking in that car and I told you to tell him? (laughs) 
and you wouldn't do it. Now, now, those of you who didn't hear that sermon, you don't know what I'm talking about. Go listen to sermon number 5413 and it will explain that. Sermon number 5413 at airjesus.com. It'll explain what I'm talking about. But God said, you remember when I told you to tell this man that I was going to deliver him. I'd heard his prayers and I was going to deliver him from his smoking and you refused to do it. So you wouldn't do it. I had to take you a different route this time. See, some of you are going through some stuff because God has had to take you a different route. You wouldn't do it the easy way. You wouldn't listen when he told you the first time. So he has to take you around this roundabout route where it looked like people doing you wrong, dogging you out, misusing, abusing you, not doing you right. All because the root of the whole thing is you wouldn't do right in the first place. If you had listened, you wouldn't be going through this. If I had told that man, like God told me to tell him, that I, first of all, the seat covers may have fit in the first place. So if I had listened, God chastises those whom he loves. He has to take us through some things sometimes. He has to take us around about way. But it is all because God loves us. When you are a child of his... He will take you through some things, but it is always toward something that's for your good and for your benefit. Love requires sacrifice in a relationship, in what God had to do. It requires sacrifice. What's love got to do with it? God is love. Jesus is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that you would not perish but have everlasting life. What's love got to do with it? Amen. Amen. And it makes me more sensitive to just turn to the person next and tell them, listen the first time. See, and sometimes God has a long memory. And he knows when you didn't listen the first time, he has to take you a different route. If we just listen the first time, life would be so much smoother for us. But I thank God that he loves me. And I thank God that he takes time to orchestrate paths. See, Elijah has been preaching a series entitled Order My Steps. That God takes time to just order our steps. Often we don't understand. Doesn't make sense to us. Looks like the devil himself sometimes. But God is orchestrating our steps. He's taking us to destiny where we are supposed to go. And the quicker and faster we get in line, the easier the journey becomes for us. For God is love, and He loves us. The sense message number 54309, Nathaniel Bronner, Jr.
To hear other messages or to send this message number 5430 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5430. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.